What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toyson Ford. Dan here, as always. Appreciate you tuning in and checking us out. Hopefully we can get you to keep coming back here to, to the Man Cave. Boy, oh boy, do we got a lot of venting going on here on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Packers falling to the Denver Broncos. Dropping three in a row. They're uh, now two and four on the season. We're going to talk to A-Ron, no idea. Talk a little hunting at the beginning, then we get into the Packers-Broncos game. We catch up with Justice Cleveland, WEAU 13 sports director. His take on uh, what's going on with the Packers. Before we get to those two, here's my thoughts. Packers fallen yesterday to the uh, lowly Denver Broncos, a game that many, many, many Packers fans looking at this one saying, you cannot lose this. You lose to this defense, to this Broncos defense, that statistically one of the worst in the league, the worst in in a lot of categories, maybe a little bit inflated because they gave up 70 against the Dolphins. Chiefs, they, they played better the week prior, but... Nonetheless, statistically, through the first few weeks of the season, they were not good. And a lot of Packers fans looking at this game and just kind of be like, okay, if there was a there was a chance for for this offense, you know, to maybe get her going here a little bit, to maybe gain some confidence. Kind of thought, all right, it's gotta be this game against Denver. You're coming off your bye. You had extra time to prepare, do a little self-scouting. Going up against a defense that's been struggling. Good opportunity. Really good opportunity for this offense to go out there and uh, maybe give some positive vibes or maybe just get better. And, I don't know, it looked a whole lot like the the same thing that we've seen from the last few weeks, starting with uh, New Orleans, then Detroit. Then the Raiders. Now we add uh, the Broncos to that list. First half. Like, what, what the heck's going on in the first half? Great. You know, Packers statistically worse. One of the worst offensive teams in the first half. Then they're one of the best ones in the in the second half there. And it played exactly like the script was, uh, was written yesterday. So what the heck is going on here? What, what the heck is going on with, with this offense? In, in the first half of these games. You know, I don't know if we really know the, the full-on answer. Obviously, Malafleur doesn't know. Pretty much said, said as much after the game yesterday. Which I know was that comment was... If he did see it, um, you know, in, in his presser. And, and you know, I, and I know sometimes we got to take press conferences after losses with a grain of salt, with, with comments and such. Got I mean, because the... Players, coaches are still raw, emotion-wise. I mean, it's a good thing a lot of us probably don't have fan press conferences after games because, well, they probably wouldn't go too well and probably say a whole lot of stuff and such. But regardless, you know, one of the comments he said, he's like, yeah, i got to figure out what's uh, what's going on with our first-half offense, and to which a lot of people said, then what the heck did you do during your bye week? But obviously that comment didn't, uh, or that uh, answer didn't set well with, or sit well with a lot of uh, a lot of fans after the game. But there's no doubt, like, what in the world? Like, it seems like 
an offense, at least to me in the first half, that is really trying to tread some water, kind of panicky, trying to figure out what in the heck is going on, what what how do we get this thing going, maybe a little scared of their own shadow, maybe... It, sometimes it just feels like they're throwing darts at the dartboard and trying to figure out, hey, what is going to work for us? What, uh, what, 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 you know, what, what's going to work for us? And right now, I don't think they, they don't, they know, they don't know. I mean, it's it's frustrating to me at times. It's like a mixture of seeing non-creative, unimaginative play calling, maybe a little scared to be aggressive at times, maybe overthinking it at, at times. You know, we hear for for the last couple of weeks, love, maybe forcing it uh, a little too much down the field. So what do they do? Do they overcompensate in this game plan in the first half? You're like, okay, we're not going to ask him to throw down the field. We're going we're gonna to bring it in here a little bit. But did they overcompensate too much? Because then, what, first half? Like 3.6 yards per pass? Great. His completion percentage went back up. He was like 10 of 13 in the first half. But, like, no yards. Probably counted with a meter stick. It's just like, it's it's almost like they're grasping at straws and just trying to stay above water here and just, like, holding on, like, we got to find something that works. And they can't. Now, I don't know if it's... You know, because once in a while, we hear roles, and I'm I, I, I'm not getting into a fire this person, fire that person thing. Just, that's one of my bugaboos after losses, and that is just this instant fire so and so crowd. I don't want to get into that, but you know, once in a while, we hear the roles of like, especially on teams who where their offensive coordinators are not play callers. So, what exactly do they do? We'll once in a while, I hear what their specific roles are if they've got uh, specific areas. Remember, like when Nathaniel Hackett a couple years ago was with Green Bay, you know, he was in charge. One of his areas of, 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 of being in charge was developing the red zone or the quote unquote gold zone that we kept hearing about, you know, implementing those game plans, red zones. I don't know if there's assistant coaches who are in charge of implementing first half game plans or or if they do the whole scripted first 15 I know some coaches say that's uh that's kind of a myth these days some probably still do it you know scripting the plays I you know we don't know the full-on answer with this thing but whatever the whatever the plan is or whatever the idea is, Thought process, whatever you want to say, whatever they, they go about coming up with these first half schemes, plays, throw it out the window. Throw it in the garbage, put it in a shredder, it ain't working. Whatever it is, it ain't working. Whatever your process is, it ain't working. You got to change it up. And the fact that maybe you didn't do it in the bye week is a little frustrating. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't working. First half, poo poo. Stinky. You're you're literally asking your defense to play perfect football. And the thing is, is like the defense to me, right? And when you look at these last couple games here, Vegas and Denver and such, and 
you know, even throw in New Orleans if you want to or whatever. Defense hasn't been awful. It hasn't been terrible. It hasn't. It's just they're all they're, they're not a unit that that scares anyone. They're they're to me, in my opinion, they're not a unit that can take over a game or a unit that you can kind of hang your hat on. We all could picture some of these defenses, right? They're like, oh yeah, yeah, that 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 unit could take over a game. That that's a unit that can lead a team. So they're not bad. They're not awful, but they're not a unit. They're not a side. They're they're not a defensive team that imposes their will or just like can carry a team, which is disappointing in the fact that they've invested. So much into this unit that we're not seeing that. I mean, did they play like a unit that should have lost the game yesterday? I mean, there was disappointing plays, and you know, there's definitely some drives and, and missed tackles across the board. They weren't a perfect unit by any means yesterday, but they weren't as bad as the offense, which I guess is saying something a little bit there. But you know, I mean, you look at like the box score. And I know you don't want to box score scouting, but I mean when you look at, you know, defensively, okay, great. They they first couple drives, right? First half they kept them out of the end zone. Ben don't break. They kept the team in it. Just waiting for the offense to to kick it in the gear here a little bit. And I mean you look at Russell Wilson, and this is the thing it's like they're not bad, but Okay, Russell Wilson threw for under 200 yards. But he was 20-29. Williams, 82 yards rushing. He's, like uh, I think it was Trent Green that said it on the broadcast. They just don't do it enough. They don't run enough. 82 yards rushing, great. You kept him under 100. He also had a 5.5-yard average. Gave up 145 yards as a team. Gave up 5.8 per carry. And I know Russell Wilson's 21-yard scamper might inflate that a little bit there. So they, you know, they had the whole bend don't break mentality. They gave up a touchdown drive. What, four field goals? But they're not they're not a unit that is like like a San Francisco or and Cleveland might not be the greatest example on this Monday morning because of how many points they gave up to 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 the Colts yesterday, but you know, like a defense that really scares you which to me is still kind of disappointing in the fact that they've invested so much and we knew that they were going to have to be counted upon in the uh, first half of this, at least the first half of the season. And then you got, you know, going back to the offense here, Jordan Love, you know, he finishes the day 21 of 31, five-point yards per average pass, two pick, or two tuds, one pick, let's be real, that one touchdown pass, Tip drill, got a little lucky there, right? Got a little lucky. Let's call, let's call a spade a spade. But to me, right now, Jordan Love looks like a quarterback. He looks like a rookie. I mean, to me, in my opinion, Jordan looks like a rookie right now. And I know we should probably be a little patient with him. We're going to have the ups and downs. We've seen moments where it's like, we've seen plays where it's like, all right, solid play. 
you know, first couple weeks of the season, what impressed me the most about him was, uh, you know, his calming presence didn't seem like, you know, it got too rattled or, or anything like that. But definitely seems like these last these last couple weeks especially, looking like a rookie type of quarterback, has some good moments, has some down moments. He just seems like, he just seems like a quarterback that's just playing a second behind. And I don't know if that's, the game hasn't quite slowed down for him. I remember this, I think it was Brett Favre that, that said this at one time, or it was Mike Holmgren. It might have been at Favre's Packers Hall of Fame induction. When now uh, when Holmgren told this story, it might have been Mike Holmgren. But anyways, I remember um, this one this note that I think it was after a game, after a loss or, or whatever close game or something, and, and Favre went up to Mike Holmgren on like the team bus or the plane, and said, "I'm finally understanding. I'm finally getting it." And to which Holmgren said that was kind of that that finally that light clicked where the game is maybe starting to slow down a little bit for that quarterback. So it took Favre, obviously, a little bit. Which anybody who remembers, early 90s, yeah, it took a couple years. And I just feel like, and I could be wrong, this is just me from the outside looking in. Love looks just a little, maybe like he's not there yet. He looks a second behind, you know, a lot of, few times on throws, he's, Instead of throwing, throwing the football as the guy's you know still not coming out of his break, he's he's waiting for a receiver to come out of that break, and when that receiver finally comes out of the break, then he throws it instead of throwing it just a you know a second earlier, a little behind. He he just seems like he's a little bit and, and you know the vision you kind of wonder if it's if it's there. Obviously with the with the deep passes the deep throws we all know about the accuracy issues there too but. You know, you look at, you know, that like that last throw, thrown in a double cover, and I know it was double coverage at the end there, and it was a good play by the safety and such. But you know, you look at the Raiders' final play, and you look at, you know, the final play against Denver here, and it's like, okay, maybe kind of question the vision a little bit there. But I just love, love to me, he's got talent. I think there's something there. I think there could be something there. I just feel like he's playing. A little slow right now, and it could easily be that the game hasn't slowed down yet for him. He's just playing a second behind. So how do you, you know, how does the game slow down for him? Got to keep playing. He's got to go out there. I mean, we've gotten, yes, he's been in the league for four years. He sat for three. I kind of throw away the first year because. That was COVID year. There was no preseason, so he got no snaps in preseason. He had no snaps whatsoever. I mean, he wasn't even active on game days. So I even I, I kind of throw that year out. Great. Sat in the room. Watched film. Learned from Aaron. It was beneficial. But to actually slow the game down, you can't be sitting in a meeting room and watching film all the time and watching clips and, and practicing. That's not going to slow games down for you. Being on the field in these regular season games, that's what's going to slow the game down for you if it's going to slow down for you. And that's why you heard Goody in the offseason. 
his like I think it was his most popular phrase when I was talking about Jordan Love. He's got to play. He's got to play. He's got to play. He's got to play. So I you know there's I know there's already some social media people out there saying time for Sean Clifford to play. Hate to burst your bubble. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I think Love has some talent, and I think it's still too early to say, well, he's 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 a career backup. Yeah, he's been around for four years, but we gotta let the guy play in these games and let's let's see where we're at here at the end of the season. I think we might be able to know in the next couple games what it's gonna be like for this season. You know, if we get to that Thanksgiving Day game against Detroit, yeah, we might know what type of quarterback Jordan Love's gonna be this year. We might know what kind of, you know, I would hope, you know, maybe by that time we'll we'll probably know what type of offense we're going to have. I mean, for crying out loud, that's Thanksgiving. That's the end of November here. You know, we'll probably have an idea of by then what this offense, what the quarterback's going to be like for this year. But I just it, to me, Love looks like a looks like a rookie out there. You know, I was trying to find some comparable players last night, career wise. You know, I was looking. Okay, Jalen Hurts. You know, I was trying to find like quarterbacks maybe from his same draft class and kind of compare them. You know, Jalen Hurts was a second round, which I remember that draft a lot of Packers fans not wanting Jalen Hurts. I kind of wonder where those fans are right now. But anyways, you know, Jalen Hurts, second year in the league when he when he was a starter. You look at his passing statistics, they weren't great. I mean, he threw over 3,000 yards. He had 16 touchdowns and nine interceptions. But what's really and, – and Philly went to the postseason that, that year – Eight seven, eight seven, eight and seven team. I think it was last year with their sixteen games, or eight seven and one, something like that. Um, but Hertz almost ran for a thousand yards too. So like they, the coaches put him in a position to affect games, and he was, you know, almost eight hundred yards rushing. He had seven hundred some yards rushing. And that's where I just you know you look at the coaching part of this too, and it's like I think you have to question are are the coaches is is the offensive coaches necessarily doing enough to help love and did the front office do enough to help love in his first year and what i mean by that i like the young talent that they have but is that necessarily fair for love in a year that you know we're we're seeing if this is the guy to have i mean the the most experienced guy on his team is romeo dobbs I won't even say it's Christian Watson because Christian Watson's been hurt every single year and he's missed some games. Romeo Dobbs in his second year is the most experienced dude. You know, when Aaron Rodgers came in and he was a quarterback, he had Greg Jennings. He had Donald Driver. He had some experienced wide receivers to work with to help him out. So is it fair for Love to have this incredibly young team? And the guy that that's the leader of this offensive group, Aaron Jones, has been hurt. So, I mean, does does Love get a little bit of a break for that? The offensive line has been banged up. Factor that all in. They just it, right now they're not a good team. They're, they're not a good team. You know, and going back to the to the poll question, if you had to point the finger at at one group or one area. Your main issue for for your offense right now, I do think it's a combination of the top three. I think it's a combination of quarterback play, 
just because, in my opinion, Jordan looks like a rookie out there. And it doesn't look like the game has necessarily slowed down for him at this point. I do think they're incredibly young. He doesn't have veterans to help him out. And the veteran that he does have finally came back. I mean, Aaron Jones, you know, Chicago got hurt week one after scoring that touchdown. Played a little bit in Detroit. Played a little bit yesterday. But, you know, his main veteran that can help him on offense has missed a lot of time this year. So I think a part of it is really young playmakers. I also do think, you know, coaching, they're just seems like they're scrambling to find something. Scrambling to find something that that works. And I think it's legit to ask are the coaches, the coaching staff, putting Jordan Love in a position to succeed. Maybe you know, at times, you know, there's good plays, there's good drives in that. It takes every, It's a combination of everything to, to me. And honestly, if I could add one more to that, if I could change the poll question maybe a little bit, I'd probably throw injuries in there. I know the next man up mentality and such. I understand that. I get that. But if Aaron Jones doesn't isn't hurt at all, does it, is it a game difference? Do they beat Atlanta? Do they beat the Raiders? If he's 100% and not on a snap count, do they beat Denver? I don't know. Maybe. You know, Bakhtiari's playing, fortifying that left side of the, the offensive line. Do they beat Atlanta? Is that worth a game? Does Max Crosby, is he lining up all across the, 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 you know, the defensive line and wreaking havoc and completely embarrassing the Packers' offensive line? Yeah, maybe he doesn't have as much of an effect like he did. But I'd probably add injuries to that if I could redo it. Let's take a quick break, and we'll bring in Justice Cleveland after these quick words. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for a driving experience like no other? At Toys and Ford, they're not just selling cars, they're delivering dreams on four wheels. With a wide range of Ford vehicles, you'll find the perfect ride to suit your style and needs. Their expert team is there to guide you through every step of the way, from test driving to financing. They're committed to making your car buying journey seamless and enjoyable. Toys and Ford, where your automotive dreams become a reality. Visit them today and experience the thrill of driving. Driving with the best. Mr. Justice Cleveland joining us now. What, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the conversation flowing right now, just to throw you right into everything here, Justice. <laughs> into the fire. Is, is uh, Jordan Love, which interesting because it. this is how it always plays out. I put a Twitter poll up there, like if you had to put most of the blame on one area, where it be, and Jordan Love's not number one. In fact, he's, let me just double check it, uh, the majority of the, the Twitter voters Blame the coaching. Actually, Jordan Love has got 16, just 16% of the play or vote. But some some textures here. <clears throat> Jason. By the way, Jason, it wasn't just a few weeks ago. You said Jordan Love deserved a little time to grow here. Um, Two weeks is time. Um, <laughs> it um, is a standard <laughs> unit of time is a week or two. Should uh, should they go to Sean Clifford oh. here, Justice? No, I'm just, I don't want to. <laughs> but should we be more patient with Jordan Love right now? Yes. Yeah? This season's going a I honestly think it's going as the way I thought it would be going. Mm-hmm. There are big bumps in the road with a very young team. And I, I always get this. People are, it's like, we're four, four weeks in. Well, how long can you use youth as an excuse? 
It's not an excuse. This team's young. Yeah. It's, it's a fact. They need to develop. This is... I don't know if anybody remembers 2008, but the Packers didn't get Aaron Rodgers and go to the Super Bowl that year. They went six and ten, mm-hmm. and they struggled. They were two and three out of the gate. Won a couple games, got over 500, and then stunk the rest of the season. I hate to say it, but you're probably going to have to endure a season of them not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to say around here. That's two years in a row. Two years in justice. a row. I don't know. We're going to be on hard knocks next year now. <laughs> <laughs> I just. This is the season's going how I kind of figured it would. I figured if they can play around 500, that's that's what this season's going to be. And I know that it's hard for people when the expectations now are to be in the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. But you're developing a team here. Has it taken off like you thought it would? No. Were expectations a little higher after Chicago and New Orleans? Yes. There, but those are the things you got to look at the glimpses of what the potential of this team is. Versus what they've been playing because it's not good football. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the first half was horrible mm-hmm. offensively, defensively. They they did their job and kept them in the game and gave them a chance to win. And even that being said, the offense gave them a chance to win. They went down there, took the lead, had a chance. Mm-hmm. This is almost identical to what happened to Aaron Rodgers that first year. They would get a lead late. Somebody else would come and score, and then the narrative is Rodgers can't win. Because then he's coming in in a desperate situation, trying to get them to win. Mm-hmm. So, have patience. I know it's not easy. Is it? Are we we're writing off Jordan Love already? Yeah, apparently we are. <laughs> You're thinking Sean. So Sean Clifford comes in and this team wins those games. I'm not gonna. It, I'm not excusing what that throw at the end of the game was horrible. Mm-hmm. And the last couple of the game against the Raiders was horrible. So I'm not not excusing those. But that's the stuff that he's got to learn. To mm-hmm. rein in. Right. So, I'm looking at it right now. This team's pretty much where I thought they would be. A team struggling with youth that has potential, but they're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring up the youth thing here, too. You know, at least Rodgers in 08, he had a couple of veteran receivers with him, right? Jennings and Donald Driver. Right. You know, his most experienced receiver right now is Romeo Dobbs in his second year. And I don't really count Christian Watson because he's missed time with injuries. You know, with that rookie tight ends galore, right? <laughs> all and even that team board. had some veteran tight ends on mm-hmm. the team as yeah. well. There was a lot more veteran heavy team in 2008 compared to this year, right? And their one veteran, Aaron Jones, has missed so much time due to his hamstring injury, right? And then if you can't establish, and they haven't been able to really establish the run, they did a little better job, I think. With Dylan, actually looked yeah. a lot better in this last game than we've seen. But yeah, when you're not getting any, there's no consistency to that offense right now. And when you don't have that, and you're pressing a lot, it seems like. That that's what you're getting. Do you, you you mentioned the first half offense? Do you have some questions about the game plan coming into to to these games? Like from the coaching standpoint, like I feel like they're still struggling to find an identity, or they're still tr- struggling to find something that works. Yeah, because I, it's it's confusing. It's frustrating. There to, is to watch this. a lot of talent and a lot of speed, a lot of experience too. But you, I don't feel like they're not using that as much up to their potential. There has been some good gadget plays that have worked, and we've seen the last couple of games you know, mm-hmm. throwing some different plays out there. But I, I was expecting to see a little more—I don't want to say trickery, mm-hmm. but more scheming. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's looked a little vanilla at times. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's to the point of you have a line that's just banged up. Even with Elton Jenkins back out there, you still have a line that's really banged up. 
You have receivers that are still young. Mm-hmm. Tight ends that are almost even younger at this point. You don't have a veteran tight end. Like That's where like a Mercedes Lewis, I think. Well, that's where I asked, like, do they really miss a guy like a Lazard and a Lewis? Right. You know, blocking on the perimeter and and just the veteran presence over there. I mean, so I pulled up the 2008. Mm -hmm. Ryan Grant was their running back. Okay. So you got a veteran there. John Kuhn, Donald Driver, Donald Lee, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, James Jones. I mean, that's how Jermichael Finley was on that team. Mm -hmm. He was young and called out his quarterback if I'm not mistaken <laughs> but yeah so there was a, I mean you look at that compared to what they have now is the potential there for this now yes but it's just not there and I don't know yeah I think they, they look very young at, and it's just little things that add up for them mm-hmm. this little you know you miss a field goal that field goal comes back to haunt you the guy mm-hmm. that makes his first field goal by the way Harlan did his best for the announcer how many times in like a 30 second span did he mention that he hasn't mm-hmm. missed Nope. At all. And just as soon as it missed, you're just like, yep, yep. that's exactly he what was going to happen. Exactly. So you have He that. is a national treasure. I do appreciate the uh, the Romeo Dobbs catch, and he brought yes. up the Seattle, <laughs> you know, the, the poetry he said, from the heavens, it was uh, a prayer answered this time sort of thing. So shout out, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Over there. No, it, it, so even, like, you think of Watson's injury at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, they don't have to burn that time out because of his injury. Now that that's not hit Watson. I'm not blaming Watson on right. that, but it's just little things like that have added up for him because they would have at least had one more play, mm-hmm. maybe 30 seconds because they would have been able to call the timeout and then mm-hmm. Denver would have had to punt. Were you still in Green Bay in 08, Rodgers' first year yes. as a starter? Yep. What was kind of the the, the maybe the chit chat or the talk in the locker room? Were they patient? You know, were they kind of like, hey, we know what we are. We know there's going to be some growing pains and. And that sort of thing. Was there kind of that talk around at that time? Like, hey, we, we're kind of expecting this. I think so. I think so. I mean, you had a first-year starter, and I think everybody kind of figured that. And then Rodgers got a lot of the blame, and I think un, undue for a lot of those losses. Like I said, they were mm-hmm. they were in a lot of those games up until the final drive. Mm-hmm. Or the next to the final drive, because the other team would score, and then Rodgers has to come out there with 30 seconds left. And right. didn't lead him to a field goal, or didn't lead him to a touchdown, and then it's Rodgers' fault. Mm-hmm. Well, Brett Favre would have led him to a... It was that fourth quarter comeback or fourth yeah, quarter stuff. Yeah, that forever that yeah. haunted him. Yep. It was kind of like the Matt Stafford versus winning teams kind of stat that yep. you always saw. So then that faded away. Mm-hmm. But it took time. It took time. I think people realized what they had with Rodgers eventually, but there's not. it's not like people gave him this blank check and said, oh, you're great. Right. So I, I was like, and the defense there, the defense was more of the problem on that. Team. Yeah. This def- I mean, this defense has its problems. That's not mm-hmm. – I mean, the teams are running against them and doing a really good job running against them. But that was the problem. The defense would give up late leads. I can't really even fault the Packers' defense yesterday. They did what they had to do. Right. It just – the offense wasn't there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, people were patient. I think people need to be patient. It's tough to be patient when you have the expectations that this team has. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also too – yeah, because there's – the parallels, you know, how many, you know, people didn't want Rodgers after the whole Favre thing. So did that kind of lower the bar heading in that season because they thought Rodgers would stink anyways? Whereas, you know, right. Love comes in and he's got a little bit more fanfare because I think people were tired of the Rodgers off the field sort of, or even on the field drama right. at that point too. So, you know, was there a little? Did we have higher expect? Would you say we had higher expectations for Love in, in this year than we did for Rodgers in year one? Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. You're following two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. 
and now the expectation is that you're going to have a third. Mm-hmm. Whereas when Rodgers took over, there was no thinking that you were going to strike lightning twice. Mm-hmm. Like Rodgers was going to be your starter and, and maybe. And Rodgers had no – there was no expectations on Rodgers, honestly, because, yeah, he was a first-round pick, but everybody saw that fall in the draft and really kind of lowered their expectations on him. Mm-hmm. So you also had Favre over in New York at that time, and he didn't look good that great as a Jet. He had a couple of games to start out. Got the elbow or arm injury. The and bicep, then, I think, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and couldn't yeah. throw the ball more than 25 yards. Mm-hmm. So it, the pressure wasn't there being compared, which is weird because Rodgers, now Rodgers isn't on the field, right. but then there's that, that expectation in your mind of what Rodgers could be doing mm-hmm. if he was there. So, yeah, it's, it's, I, the parallels are a little different. I really don't think the, the – the, but Favre was so beloved. Mm-hmm. Even with all the stuff that happened at the end, it was so beloved that people were willing to have him – come in and take that job after just getting off an airplane and coming to a preseason game because people, yeah. I mean, we had to bring back Brett.com and all, you know, these yep. people. So it was a whole, I think, a different situation where people were okay with Rodgers going, but that also, I think, put a lot of pressure on Love because people were like, okay, Love can just come in and mm-hmm. take over the mantle. Well, it's not that easy in the NFL. The talent's there with Jordan. I think it is. I think we just got to give it some time. Mm-hmm. And I think the he's got to take it upon himself, too. Right. I think he's out, you know, the mechanics on some of those throws, especially the deep throws, it's very similar to what happened to Rodgers at times where he gets out of his mechanics and he's skying the ball over. I would much rather have Jordan Love than Russell Wilson right now. Ooh, okay. Watching yeah. that game, I think right now the ceiling right now for Love is much better. Let's say if you could trade up, would you would you take the trade of Russell Wilson for Jordan Love? If I was planning for the future, no. Right. Yeah. And if it was Russell Wilson Three years ago, but look at some of the throws that Russell Wilson yeah. made during that game. And you telling me that that's a better that would be a step up from Jordan Love? I don't think it is. I think Love has the intangibles there. It's just a matter of having a little bit of patience and for it to work. I mean, we went back to Week One and what people were saying about Jordan Love after Week One, and even the New Orleans game. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think about the potential there. And this guy's basically a rookie out there starting as a quarterback. That's the thing I was going to – because you, you, you're getting a lot of people saying the guy's been in the league for 40 years. You know, there's no excuses. He should be playing better. I wipe out – and I, I might be wrong on this. I wipe out year one because it was COVID. He had yeah. no preseason games. He wasn't, wasn't even active. Yeah. The t- yeah. yeah, he wasn't even active for the games. I mean, okay, getting some snaps in as a third quarterback. on, on the, I, I kind of wipe out that year as you know because he didn't have you know that that experience, if you will. So, yes, he's entering his, I call it, third year. You know, yes, he's gotten six starts this year and one other start in there. That's still seven, what, seven, eight games? Right. That uh, experience that he's had. Is that enough? Is that fair for, for a guy like Jordan? And then I go back to, to last year even, Justice, even with Aaron Rodgers. His team won eight games? Seven, eight games, yeah. was it? <laughs> so the, the expectations of this, this wasn't a team coming off an NFC championship run right. or a team that made it. Like when Rodgers took over in 08 and right. they won exactly. an NFC They were champion. coming off a team that was a couple plays away from going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now they're a team that made a fight for the playoffs late, mm-hmm. but struggled for most of the year and lost a lot of the veterans that were on that team. Just lost a, one of the best linemen in the league for the rest of the year. Now, this year, mm-hmm. you have another one all-pro who's been banged up and is just out there fighting, and the rest are young guys that... Honestly, probably wouldn't be starting in some places at this point. So it's a re. I, you don't like hearing rebuild, retool, but I, this is what you almost got to look at it like. This team needs a year to kind of 
maturate and see what they can do. Now, they come back next year and things struggle. Yeah. I mean, even that's okay. You got to give Jordan Love at least one season. Mm-hmm. You're not pulling him off now. Right. Because I think, that, like we said before, there are more problems than Jordan Love on this team. Jordan Love isn't the reason I feel like that they're losing all these games. There are more problems adding up to just Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. And so I think you got to get at least give him through the season. Right. And the Sean Clifford, what's Sean Clifford going to come in and do with this team that Jordan Love right. is, is doing right now? I, I think, don't think it's going to be any different. I think it was, the again, it's the, the preseason plays that we saw from Sean Clifford. He's throwing an reception, but he bounces back, and he's, you know, he's throwing deep. Right. He's throwing the long ball. He's throwing, you know, he's not deterred by these interceptions. He comes back, and, you know, he's throwing a touchdown pass because who's that remind everybody of? Yeah. It's a gun. It's, that, it's the gunslinger. It's the gunslinger thing. But then, mm-hmm. what, what do you think? How many times now you did Brett Favre late in a game throw a big interception? It happened a few times. That's what it kind of reminded me love of those last two right. weeks was a little. So if you want this gunslinger mentality, you got to take both sides of the coins. Yes, you mm-hmm. might get a big play. Love was taking the shot there, and what happened? Mm-hmm. It did. You got an interception. So. I got to take the good with the bad. It's too early to write his career off right now. Mm-hmm. If he was out there and he had thrown one touchdown so far this season and twelve picks, yeah, you know, like Cade McDowell or whoever, you know, <laughs> yeah. somebody like yep. you know, just somebody that Jamarcus Russell, somebody that just yep. Ryan Leaf, those kind of stats, I would say okay. But he's not out there. I don't think he's out there losing the games for the Packers. There's a whole bunch of things mm-hmm. that are factoring for their losses, right? Um. I was going to ask you, so I know there's a lot of frustration with the coaching, and I have question marks about the game planning and, and questioning, but Matt LaFleur's not getting fired after this year. No. Joe Barry, maybe. Adam Stenovich, maybe. Right. You know, just kind of the sacrificial lamb, if you will, on an offense. You know, Matt LaFleur's not getting fired after this year. I'm willing to bet G-Man's 401k on that. Yeah. You know, that's not happening. Next year, does he enter the hot seat? Maybe. A little bit. Anybody expecting Matt LaFleur to be gone after this year is not going to happen. I am 95% confident in that. The only thing that would get him fired is if they lose every single, lose game. Every single yeah. game and lose horribly. He loses the locker room. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I'm seeing from him. And I, you're, you know, If it was another thing, too, kind of going back to like to the Ray Rhodes that season, that he was, where it doesn't seem like he cares. They, mm-hmm. they, you know he cares, but there, they seem like there was an indifference to what's going on. I'm You're glad not- you brought that. Somebody mentioned a comparison with Ray Rhodes and Matt LaFleur right now. It makes no sense. I, yeah. You're seeing frustration from Matt LaFleur. Because mm-hmm. I think he sees what this team could do. Players aren't executing. And again, that goes on coaching. If they're not executing, it, it does reflect on the coaching staff. But we also saw Denver with uh, an assistant coach there uh, late in the game and have the guy who's supposed to be in the field right. <laughs> standing <laughs> right next to him. <laughs> so that stuff happens. But I like seeing the emotion from Matt LaFleur because it's showing that you didn't really see that as much when Rodgers was there. Mm-hmm. But now you're seeing him and the frustration. That means he's not, he's not just phoning it in. I don't know if anybody's thinking that or something like that. It, mm-hmm. He's he's out there trying to get that team to get better, and he's frustrated by their progress, but I think that's a good thing that he's invested. He's invested in this team. I don't think he goes anywhere after this season unless some disastrous losing control. And that's mm-hmm. what cost Ray Rhodes' job. He lost control of the locker room. Mm-hmm. Holmgren had it was, it was a disciplined coach. Rhodes came in and kind of was a player's coach, right. lost control, and they're like, okay, we can't have this. So right. 
Yeah, I don't think Matt Florida goes anywhere. No. Uh, we got a few more stuff to, to catch up on, man. You should, you, we need you for. We need to do this for two more hours, probably. <laughs> it's uh, a crisis, mo- crisis like, mode. Uh, it's almost giving me flashbacks of the day after McCarthy was fired. Right now, with all the feedback from from everybody right now. So, um, what about you know really quickly? What would you say to somebody you know that said, okay, you know Jordan Love's not losing games, but he's not winning games right now. I can. That's a fair assessment. Like he's not going out there and mm-hmm. and making that play like you need him to do in the last two games late. Right. They're in position though, and he's keeping them in position. He's not out there. Like I said, I don't think he's out there losing them the games. That that's the next step mm-hmm. is being out, going out there and and maybe getting a little more clutch. And that that exactly is what happened with Rodgers. It was a we a progression of okay, you can get him to this point. At some point, you got to make that next step. And they did it against New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So we know it's possible there. What On offense, they need to kind of figure out is what is working late in the second half that they whatever's scripted in the first half just doesn't work for their design. Mm-hmm. Go off of what is working with maybe the more up-tempo. Faster pace. Yeah, yep. you, you got to find keep going with that because it's really what's going in the first half has not worked at and all. those negative plays it just like derails their series yeah. it seems like it's like hey they get a positive then they suffer a five-yard pitch out loss play or something like that and it's just like oh that that series is done with and that so. goes to the line mm-hmm. it really does that line is just it's it's struggling and even it wasn't as bad this last game but there was still you watch love's got no time to work mm-hmm. and even if they're trying to do something in the backfield there isn't much time to get it done, and that's where you end up losing those big chunks. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break, and A-A-Ron, no idea, coming up after these few words. Shoppers, listen up. Are you ready to save big on all your grocery needs? Why wouldn't you? Well, then head on down to Hy-Vee in Eau Claire where the deals are sizzling hot. Hy-Vee has the fresh produce, top quality meats, pantry staples, and all your favorite brands under one roof. And don't forget about their amazing in-store bakery and deli. Need a quick bite to eat? Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has many different options to choose from at their food court as well. So go ahead and visit Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, your one-stop shop for savings, quality, and convenience. All right, it's time for a little couch coach with uh, A. A. Ron. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we got to get this one going. See, yeah. you got the no idea hat. I'm gonna have to get a yep. coach couch hoodie or something like no. that on there. Not too but just so. a shout out though to my brother because he's the one that always, and he was he was railing on me last night. <laughs> was after he? the game? Yeah, call me a couch coach. Uh, hey, I like that though. I know uh, there's something there too. I think I'm always about like a little swag. Anything I can use. To find swag. Yeah. I'm all about yep, it. Throw so. it on a t-shirt. Exactly. So, uh, well, hey, before we get to, you know, obviously a little green and gold, it's, you know, no idea. I got to ask you, have you been out in the woods uh, at yep. all? Yeah. We've been out in the woods a little bit. Uh, my son and I have been uh, bow hunting uh, quite a, if you ask my wife, we've been bow hunting a lot. <laughs> but it's been, a, we've been out a little bit and um, yeah, they've kind of slowed down. Some, yeah, yeah. Some. Do you believe in that October lull that people talk about sometimes? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. I think it's. I think it's a lull for me because the the patterns shift because of the food source. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, we were seeing a lot of deer, but then in the last week, the beans and the corn has come off the field behind my stand, mm, yep. and they've been gone. So because they yep. they can just go out, sit down, and veg out. Yep. <laughs> veg out in the cornfields and. In the bean field, so I don't necessarily attribute it to a lull mm-hmm. uh, per se, as just things are shifting a little bit and they're 
patterns are they're they're patterning different than they were in mm-hmm. in even September. So right, yeah. Scrapes are starting to pop up too, so yes. you know they're going to be on the move that yep. way. Been as making well. some. I've already started creating some using. I'm a big fan of Wags. Okay, uh, yep. homegrown here in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, started making some mock scrapes, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, we have a video uh, hopefully coming out here about. I tried one of those. What are those? Those hemp ropes system. Yeah, I was actually literally was just going to ask you about that because I yeah. saw you tease about that a while yeah. ago. So, yeah. I, I'm so I'm really curious I, to watch went, that one. We, the, the concept is we went out and bought the $50 one mm-hmm. on an end cap at one of the local stores here. Yep. And then I went to Blaine's Farm and Fleet and put together the same concept using their you know supplies from Blaine's Farm and Fleet for mm-hmm. 10 bucks. So we'll see. Right. Not a whole lot of action uh, as I thought. So you know I've had some smaller uh, probably button bucks kind of mm-hmm. in some does curious but nothing like where the our big bucks are doing anything with rope so who knows yeah i don't know yeah i'm curious because i did see i was literally just going <laughs> to ask you about that because i saw you tease that and i've tried it i tried it a couple years ago and so i'm cutting and i've known a couple other guys who you mentioned the, the hemp rope that that's all they do is they just put a rope out there and they let deer yep. naturally do that too. So yeah. I'm curious. I'm, so I'm we'll excited see. to see we'll that. See. But we've hit a yeah. little lull. It's yeah. my brother and I. We got kids and it's been really busy with soccer and stuff. But we got some ideas coming up. We have a. Uh, I'll tease it out. We have an idea for a deer stand using a a, a gearbox, a farm wagon gearbox. So we'll I've see. seen that on Facebook. Pop yeah, up a little we're, bit so too, we got so an yeah. idea, and then. Um, uh, we got some podcasts scheduled. We're bringing on uh, Game Warden Jeremy Perry, who's the uh, this area's director. I think he oversees all the Game Wardens. He's okay. going to come back on and um, just talk about all the new stuff. You talk about it every Thursday, but, you know, mm-hmm. all the, from drones to night scopes, all the crazy things that we need to be thinking about. And yeah. then uh, then we're going to start talking about and gearing up for ice fishing. We're going to bring on some of the local uh, small-town sportsmen to, to yeah. share with us some some ice fishing tips and I like that rods. series you yeah. do with the small town sportsmen. Yeah, yeah. That. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, we I just like that. we just need to do it. Mm-hmm. But you know, life gets in the way. It does. If, I mean, if yep. we were Mr. Beast type of YouTube channel, that'd be awesome. So if you're listening, hey, subscribe. That way, I can quit my job. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's awesome. So you you know you mentioned the drone thing too. I think that's probably the most popular question I get for people probably to yeah. ask Jake because I think yeah. it's such a a thin line, you know, sort of thing. Because I was talking to somebody about it, and they're like, I was actually, my aunt was asking me about it. She's like, well, why is it illegal? <clears throat> excuse me. And I think, <clears throat> excuse I'm choking up talking yeah, about choking. this, man. I know, Holy I, moly. This, this hits the heart, dude. I know. It, it's right there. Um, but it's like, it, it, I, I'm assuming, just from uh, talking with Jake and just kind of, because I know he says it's a thin line, it opens the door like, well, then how are the people not going to use it to, like, try to find that deer, a live deer, right. and then, you know take it down that way right, sort of thing right because so. i mean you you uh gut shoot a deer i mean they can live and mm-hmm. they can they can they can live for quite some time yep and so there is that fine line of well i was just trying to recover but then you know even like the night scope uh kind of stuff where it's like yeah i'm out yote hunting right or am i out seeing where the deer thermal where the thermal scope is showing me where the deer are bedded down or the turkey yep the turkey are are uh, roosting and roosting yep. you know so i know where to go tomorrow morning yep. that kind of stuff so i can totally yeah. see it and I, you know and i hearing jake every thursday i think i think even for them it puts them in a tight spot because like he says pretty much on the, around those questions is hey if you're in a situation 
and you're wondering, just call. Yeah. And give us the situation because I think it, it, it varies so by each individual situation. So, yeah, I mean, it's – but it's great. I mean, as things – you know, we're going to be talking about ice fishing, you know, and you got the pan optics yeah. where you can go out and drill one hole and you can see – I don't know uh, how many – uh, feet it is both right and left and forward and you don't have to go hole hopping anymore mm. i mean oh, they're pushing the envelope with technology yeah they are and fair chase uh all that stuff is 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 getting i think there's pressure and tension yeah so, and yeah. i think what kind of confuses people too like the, with the drone thing you have businesses advertising yeah hey oh yeah you know we we could do this and it's like but no you can't <laughs> you, know, you can't you, can. you know yeah. i think that confuses a lot of people i think i too. saw i think i saw so typically every every august the Facebook groups I follow for bow hunting, they will post all of the contact info for people who do uh, dog, recover deer oh, with dogs, yep. right? Yep. In your area, you can call them. Now I saw uh, a similar post to, to drones mm-hmm. uh, and people who have drones and are capable of doing it. And I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. I would yeah, I would air. Uh, I don't know. I know. It's like <laughs> I, had, uh, I had one listener when that first popped up said, no, no, he's wrong. And I'm like. What's the DNR warden telling us? Yeah, you know, and yeah. so I actually, I actually like did call the Madison office. And they're like, yeah, no, they can't do that. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to argue with the guy that could probably find me and take away my license yeah. at this point. Yeah. So, oh, but yeah, rifle season coming up too. So next, yeah, less rifles, than a month. Next month, yeah, it's hard to believe. It's uh, at the recording of this podcast. You know, we're a week away from from uh, the greatest day to hunt all day is Halloween. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. The kids get in the way of that, which, yep. which is fine because it won't be long until I can do that. But yeah, and then you get into the into the heat of the rut, mm-hmm. and yeah, gun deer season, and it's super early this year. I think it's the earliest it can be, which is kind of exciting because you could be catching the tail end, and or some say the second rut, right? You know, kind yep. of thing. So that will be kind of interesting to see how how the gun deer season and the weather. Exactly, that's always so, the wild card, right? Yeah. So. I'm excited, but it's coming up too quick, too. It is. It's coming like up too it. quick, and we are getting through the Packer season too quick. Uh-huh. Which Boy, we, I uh... think right now, after last night's game, I don't know if it can go quicker. <laughs> We're almost halfway through the season. We are. Right? I mean, I mean... <laughs> week six, and you and, I, you and I, last time together, we were going into the bye week. They were coming off the loss to the Raiders, and I told you before we started recording, I didn't think – we would be talking like this mm-hmm. coming off of that game yesterday. Yeah. Two weeks coming out of a bye. Right? <laughs> coming out of a bye, they looked exactly the same, you know. Which the, it, which tells me as Packer fans that uh, just blow up any kind of expectations you had, mm-hmm. whether you were on the side of, hey, we should be challenging for a playoff spot or, hey, we're going to be lucky to hit six wins. Either way, blow it up because coming out of the bye and that's what they look like tells me that's who they are. We were talking yeah. about identity. Yes. Um, I think this is their I, this is their identity. And maybe mm-hmm. their identity is not having an identity, but I think that's what it – I mean, yeah. you come that's out, a great of, way a, to put it that way. out yeah. of a bye. I mean, the statistics that were being posted last night after the first half when we went into the – when they went into um, – Halftime, the statistics, mm-hmm. the dreadful statistics about the first, second quarter play. I was yeah. like, this is, this is who they are, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think that's a – I never thought of it that way, but I, I totally agree with you because, yeah, I don't think they know their identity, but this is their identity. <laughs> I, I think that's the best way to – you go into a bye and it's like that's the same exact thing. And then Lafleur after the game, 
you know, and I know this ruffled a lot of people the wrong way too, and and it would for me too. He's like, yeah, I got to figure out our first half off. What would you do during the buy? You know, if that's if right. that's well, maybe that's who you are. That I guess at had, this point you had three games, um, four games going into the buy that you could self scout mm-hmm. because this has happened to you, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and now coming, you know, coming out of the buy, playing that game, that clunker of a game. And then say, yeah, we got to figure this. It's like, what, well, yeah, what did you do? And mm-hmm. so I, yeah, man, it's it's so it's frustrating as Packer fans because we've never been here per mm-hmm. se. Uh, for me, when Rogers first season four wins, right? Six wins. Six wins. Yep. Excuse me. But for Rogers, you saw glimpses. Right. You saw things where you're like, holy. Cow, this is our guy. Mm-hmm. We're gonna hold on to this guy. This yep. is great. You know, and Favre had a clunker of a season or two. Yep. Um, but you knew, and and you knew you were gonna get with the touchdowns and the fanfare that was on the field. You also knew you were gonna get the interceptions. Right. Now you're watching Love, and you're like, okay, I'm not really seeing even glimpses right now. Mm-hmm. Now so. is my now my question would be: Is that Love, or is it is it? The the co- the play call coaching are they holding him back are they trying to be too careful are they being yeah. scared of their own shadow I think is what Kurt Benkert kind of yeah. said on on Twitter I, maybe a little bit of both at at this point I you know there's definitely not I mean there's some stuff Love's got to fix there's and yeah stuff, you know? there's there's I think it's I think it can't be all on Love um, I think they're not helping him both in coaching, especially time management towards the end of games and quarters mm-hmm. or in halves. Um, yep, inexperienced. I mean, I'm sorry, but you can't have a second-year veteran wide receiver run to the same spot that yeah. a rookie is run. I mean, and yep. then based on how LaFleur handled that situation, it tells me that that was all in Watson, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't, you just can't have that with a second-year guy. Right. I mean, come on. So they're not helping. Um, and so it's not all on love, mm-hmm. but you're right. He's got to fix things mm-hmm. like his down the field passing. Yeah. And somebody was uh, talking about in college. That was one of his criticisms, you mm-hmm. know, because the last play of the game, it's like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? And I know he talked it out in the, in the media after the game, but it's like, you had a check down Dylan who had green in front of him. Yes. That would have easily secured a chip shot. Yep. Um, that would have won the game. Mm-hmm. And you didn't. You and and my other thing too is 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 it me or is uh his throws deep just are not th- like not that they're even not there. Uh where's this arm strength? Mm-hmm. You know, they're all – it seems weird. It to seems, play in this – in the NFL, you got to be able to throw deep and yeah. connect at, at deep. Yeah. You, you know, there was one play, and I think it – they Green Bay ended up getting a five-yard penalty for them. But there was a play, and I can't remember at what point. It was in the second half, I believe. He kind of rolled out and, you know, threw it deep. And, nobody, and they really didn't do a replay. Nobody really talked about it. But I saw the guy open over here, and the ball went like 15 yards – to his right, and I'm just like, where the hell was he throwing yeah, that yeah, to? Yeah, you know, yeah. was that the wrong spot for the receiver? But it was like a broken play, anyways. Yeah, and they didn't really talk about it because Green made up getting a first down because of a penalty or such. But I was, I saw that play, and I'm like, okay, is is there something with like the field, the vision, you know, sort of stuff? I I feel like Love is almost playing a second behind right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. like 
you know, this morning I kind of said, you know, I remember Holmgren talking about Favre, where one time Favre came up to him on the bus or the plane, and he said, I finally figured it out, or I'm finally figuring it out. And Holmgren talked about, you know, all these quarterbacks go through this when it starts to slow down for them. And I just wonder if love isn't there yet. Yeah, if love isn't there yet, because, you know, I I am not privy to the, you know, coaches film. And Mm -hmm. even if I watched game film, I wouldn't know what I'm watching. But (laughs) I mean, there was a moment last night where I'm like, do we, is Dobbs and Watson still on this team? Like they were MIA. That's not helping this guy. That's not helping even slow the game down for him to have these receivers uh, get open and so forth. So uh, you're right. It just seems like the game is a little too fast, Mm -hmm. a split second too fast for him right now. And that's uh, where it, and reacting. Yeah, and that's where you wonder, okay, is that overcompensation from coaching then? You know, like, okay, yeah. if it's a little too fast, we gotta dumb it down and and yeah, then you just kind of du- let's know. dumb it down to screen passes. Right. Constant <laughs> screen passes out to the right or to and it's like it seems like there's an a boatload of flat passes, isn't there? Yeah. Like out to the flat and yep. when you don't have an Alan Lazard who can block his wide receiver or those tight ends who can block you set yourself up for yeah. so many negative plays at yeah. this point. And yeah. I just, I just, yeah, I, I, it's confusing. I think that's the frustrating yeah. part. Is that I, I, I don't think, I think he has 11 more games to start mm-hmm. to, I think, either begin to give us glimpses of, okay, I'm your guy, mm-hmm. right? I think, I think no matter what, next year is his, is his to lose. Yep. Um, because this is everything we're seeing play out on the field. This was a decision by the organization, by Goody, to create and put together the youngest yep. team in NFL, not just in Green Bay history, right? Uh, or history of late, but in the NFL with the least amount of experience in the NFL. He put this together. So I'm wondering if behind closed doors, they're like their expectations were more in line with what we're seeing. Yeah, I'm wondering. But having said that. Uh, I think he's got 11 games to start, and we need to start seeing things. The problem is, though, my concern is, is we just went through the ske- part of the schedule that should have been layups, mm-hmm. right? Yep. These are games you shouldn't have lost, right? Yep. And now we get into the meat of the schedule where you start getting into. I mean, Minnesota, they're gonna Minnesota. We could see a game where Minnesota's to a point where they're padding their stats. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be so. It could potentially be so lopsided. So, you know, eleven game. I don't know, man. I, I want to see some. So, but I, I do. I would put it with love. Back to your <laughs> question. With love, I would put more of the blame at the feet of the coaches. And then, um, as you were alluding to in your uh, show this morning, the second one would be just an experienced young team. Mm-hmm. I just saw uh, Ben Fennel. Uh, we've had him on the show a few times. Uh, he used to be the athletic. He watches a lot of film for for the Packers and such. And he had an, he said he actually tweeted this out about twenty minutes ago. He said Packers offensive film actually isn't as bad as I thought. Uh, there's just no consistency to anyone or anything. This is life uh, with such a young team slash quarterback. Finding a play with all eleven doing their jobs, knowing their assignments, is so blank and rare. I can't say that. that, that yeah, word. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like every play feels like Russian roulette. Uh, this is not a wins losses season based on the roster construction. How could it possibly be? Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I you know, think that's to, fair to put that out there. That's yeah. fair. And, I just okay. So the young ones. Yep, I get it. And you, back to two receivers running to the same spot. 
But my thing too is, is what's up with the line play? Yeah. Um, cause if the line is truly that bad, um, that's an indictment on all of us talking heads who came into the season saying one of their strengths is going to be the line plus mm-hmm. the, plus, plus the depth of the line. And I'm sorry, you, you took out a second year tender on Yash Nyman. You and he paid, can't even get on the field, yeah. You paid the guy. He can't be worse than, what is it, Walker or yeah. whoever it is. He can't be any worse, and he's not even seeing the field. Yeah, I know. And so it's like, what are we doing? And the line can't, um, you know, the first couple of series that were frustrating when you go back and watch it, it it, it was the line. They yeah. weren't blocking, mm-hmm. you know, and and I, I just don't. The line one is more confusing than not. And, and the whole and Yash thing, too, is yeah. like, I thought it. I was on record saying, okay, he's going to be the starting left tackle next year. Yeah. You know, you're paying him $4 million this yeah. year, and now he can't even get on the field. Yeah. It's like, what's going yeah. on here? I don't get that. Yeah. And I don't attribute it all necessarily to the loss of Bakhtiari, yeah. um, I, although that significantly hurts. But you got some veteran depth there mm-hmm. uh, on the line, and the line just is not doing anything. And then and then finally, the question, if I, if I was like this with – with Matt LaFleur, I'd say, is Aaron Jones healthy enough to play? And if he's healthy enough to play but not healthy enough to play, then he shouldn't be out there. Like, right. what is it? Right. Is he healthy to play? Then play the guy. Yep. Eight carries. If he's not healthy enough, then then that's not doing <laughs> right. What are we doing? Right. I, I, I totally agree with you because it looked obvious. I mean, if he's out there yesterday, it was clearly clearly obvious they had him on a snap count, which isn't doing any favors. Right. To this offense. No. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, decoy and all that, but, I mean, you don't have the luxury of performing well in other areas to have a decoy. I mean, if everybody's out there, er- yeah, you're going to key on Aaron Jones, but nobody has stepped up to that next challenge yeah. or that level to take advantage of that. Yeah. you got guys running in the same spot, you yeah. know, for, for crying out loud. Or the, the play calls are, you know, flat pass for negative two yards yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And you know, the other thing with the inexperience and the offense and the struggles with the line and all that good stuff is, is I don't, I don't lay blame to the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, nineteen points, Green Bay should have won that game. The defense out. My issue though is, is there's no, uh, they don't work together. Me, what I mean by that is, with eight minutes left, you have the lead. Don't play like, it's it's the two minute drill right. where you're playing prevent defense and you're just trying to keep everybody in front of you, which, which Barry did mm-hmm. knowing full well that if they come down, march down, kick a field goal, we have such a young, uh, uh, offense that we can't put it on them to then march down the field and win this game. Granted they were in a spot to do that, but it's like, get, I would have been more, I would have been, I would have been able to stomach getting beat deep, mm-hmm. but yet bringing, pinning our ears back and going after Russell, keeping him in the pocket because after he goes off of his first, Tausch was uh, tweeting this. He's like, you keep him in the pocket, he can't get past his first read. Right. And once he once he can't once that first read is is taken away, he start he loses it. Mm-hmm. But pin the ears back, get after him. Uh, with eight minutes left and you have the lead, I wanted to see that, yep. not this little prevent Joe Barry stuff where they play yes. 10 year- yards off and just, oh, we just want to keep everything in front of us. You know, if you have, like you kind of alluded to, okay, you force them to a field goal, but if you have an offense with 
Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams yeah. from a couple. You, you feel good about four minutes going down or at least getting a field goal. Right. Not with this offense. Right. And, yeah, you, I totally agree with you on the defense. Like, they're not bad, bad, but there's not like they're – is anybody afraid of this group? Right. You know? I don't think they're afraid of it because also there's no com- – they don't complement each other, right. the offense and the defense. And yeah. I wouldn't be afraid of the no. Green Bay. And that's disappointing to me too because of all the resources they put into it. Yeah. You know, the the first-round picks or the money and contract extensions. Like, it's just – it's not a unit that you can hang your hat on. Mm-hmm. If that kind of makes sense, yeah. like, okay, you go out there and you know you're going to win the game because you have the, like like a Forty ers you know, where they complement each yep. other so well, or Eagles, or you know those type of teams. Yep. And it's just that to me is the the disappointing part of the defense is like it looks like they should be, but for whatever reason, it's just it's not. And yeah. is it coaching or maybe are we overvaluing the talent? I, 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 don't, I don't know, know. but it's it's a bunch of. So my question. Today I was thinking about this because my my brother and I were going back and forth last night in a text thread, and we were arguing brotherly love, uh, in a way we were arguing arguing over our expectations versus surprised. Mm-hmm. So you know we had to clarify some things because and we had to uh, what were our realistic expectations coming into this season, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you posted this. Where you said, "Hey, by no means did we say Super Bowl." Mm-hmm. Um, I took it a step further and said, "I didn't even really expect playoffs." Some people felt like there could have been a push for playoffs, um, but my expectations was just we would see. Yep, we would have this roller coaster of a season. Games where we said, "Dang, that one got away from us. We could have won that." Yep. Games where we, you know, we laid a clunker, uh, laid an egg. Other games where we came out and we're like, wow, we're surprised they took that one from that team that, you know, mm-hmm. all that. Is... But so what were your, like, legit expectations? And are you surprised at what you've seen the last four weeks, particularly now coming out of our only bu- – particularly coming out of uh, really extra time, extra time to prepare for Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Or uh, not Los Angeles. Or Denver. <laughs> uh, no, extra time to, pl- uh, part- uh, to play – uh, to plan for Las Vegas. Oh, Vegas, yep. We had that little mini buy. Yep. And then the time, the buy to plan for Denver. And now this is what we've seen the last four weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, my expectations were, I thought, okay, last year they were an eight-win team. You know, younger, coming in younger, you lose some veterans. Obviously, you lose Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought maybe a seven-eight win over there. and I And I was on the higher end. And part of that, and I'm to blame on this. I think I let my fanism kind of get into yep. it a little bit more. Uh, you know, and then you look at that Chicago game, and I was like, oh, yeah, definitely, you know, that sort of, I'd let it creep in when realistically, you know, I should have listened to some of the stuff I would say, too. Like, it's going to be up and down. It's going to be inconsistent. We're going to have the highs and the lows. But I think what disappointed me the most and what disappoints me the most, especially in these last four weeks and maybe where I put a lot of stock into it, where was I thought this offense would have been able to scheme or make it easier for a younger offense. And I bought into, I see what's going on with the 49ers. I see what's going on with Miami, even with the Rams to an extent. You know, that's the system that LaFleur was supposed to, is supposed to bring. So I was like, okay, no Aaron. We're going to get a more typical Shanahan-style offense. 
It's going to scheme guys open. It's going to make it easier for the quarterback, easier for wide receivers. It's not the whole one-on-one that Aaron always wanted with his receivers, more motion and all that. To me, I think that's the most disappointing thing is that we're not seeing that. Now, is that because it's LaFleur not doing that? Is it because the players aren't doing their jobs correctly? Correct. Probably could be both. You know, the answer is probably in there both. But that, to me, is is the most disappointing part, especially in the last four we- few weeks here is – I just I don't feel like we've seen that style of offense where I we were it was so ingrained into us that it makes it easier for the quarterback it makes it easier to scheme guys open and we're seeing my and I and I know it's not a fair comparison because Miami's got veterans and they got Tyreek Hill and all that but you're seeing these teams have success doing it you're seeing the Rams do it with an unknown wide receiver who I can't even pronounce his name you know to right. you know putting up numbers and. And as as a Packers fan, I'm like, why can't that be us right now? And that right. to me is probably the most disappointing part. Right, right, right. Especially especially when you watch what that team out on the coast is doing with the uh, basically the last man yeah. drafted, right? Yep, Brock Purdy. Yep. Brock Purdy, and you're watching Brock Purdy uh, uh, live in a system where he's finding success right. because I think it is scheme. Now there are play- players there. Christian McCaffrey is there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little banged up, but at the same time, he's he's helping out a lot. But we got Aaron Jones, and you know, yep. we have that. Uh, I think we have some of that veteran that could that could help the scheme mm-hmm. and scheme guys open. But you just you just watch these plays develop, and you're like, what's where is that magic that we thought exactly? You know, Lafleur was going to bring right. Yeah, yeah. I I think. You know my my ex my expectations going into the to to the year um, was never, and this is why I'm just you know woefully disappointed at the god awful play that I watched yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if they squeaked that out, this conversation would still be the same, right? Yep. Right? Oh yeah. And uh, but it was god awful, and my never what I'm surprised about, disappointed about, um, is is that I never. My expectations was never that the Packers would become the team, that all the teams now ahead of them uh, that they're going to play are going to circle the Packers as the get right team game. Yeah, right. Yep. Like I think I, that was that was blowing up uh, last night, and I saw a bunch of people talk about that. Like the Packers have become right now that team that all the other teams that they're going to face are going to circle the, the Packers as saying, "Okay, this is the game." Where we can fix all our problems. This is our get right game mm-hmm. because the Packers have gotten that bad. Right. That's a great point too. I never. <laughs> you're yep. like, oh crap! This this yeah. is for. I remember in the '80s, sitting on the uh, you know on the living room floor playing with my best friend and hearing the dads in that room talking about how woeful the Packers were. Right mm-hmm. until the '90s and. And I'm like, I wonder if this is how they kind of felt. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I never experienced I, this. Same here. Like, I and I don't want to. That's no, the thing. I don't want no. to. And so it's like some people wear it as a badge of honor. Like, yeah, we went through that, yeah. you know. And I'm like, good. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I guess thing. that's the – now you look at the remaining 11 games. You know, you got the Carolina. Um, I – the Giants, they looked decent yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I now you're wondering, can they even get to six? Can, yeah. I mean, is there six wins left in the eleven games? I you mean, know, Chicago the last. I mean, they're at two right now. It's 
I don't know. I mean, you'd think there's like okay, there's that one that they're not supposed to that yeah. they'll win, but I couldn't tell you which one I that would, would be. Right I would now. say I would say if we get to the end of the season and they're at six, that's a after what we just witnessed. That's a success. Yeah, that's a successful season. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which then again, though, you can go back and you can argue then like, well, then does that meet? expectations mm-hmm. as we went into the season six wins eight wins i don't know everybody's going to be different on that one so my so i where are you then really quick mm-hmm. um where are you with i don't believe any firing happens no uh because i also don't believe that fixes anything nope um because you have an offense around a very young quarterback that's just in utter chaos right now mm-hmm. um i firmly I like to imagine that Goody went into this saying, okay, LaFleur, this is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. We're not playing for the 2023 season. We're playing for 2024 and beyond. Mm-hmm. You have through 2024. You, we've got your back through 2020. So I believe LaFleur's here easily through next year. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I agree. If I do believe that if nothing really changes the rest of this year, he might go into next year with a warm bottom. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it'd be interesting then to see what he what happens with Barry in the off season, but I don't think, um, you know, because you probably hear this a lot in your world on Twitter, but a lot of people I've heard already clamoring for heads to roll. Yep. Uh, oh, I yeah. even saw this is ridiculous, but I even saw some calls for Sean. Oh yeah, oh, we I'm had like, that on our show, man. I'm like, whoa, yeah, what time out here? Yeah, like, <laughs> we there was quite a few saying it's time for Sean Clifford, and I'm like. Okay, we got to step back here yeah. a little bit. You yeah. know, I mean, I get it. It's not been great, but here we go. What, six, seven games total yeah. of the guys, Jordan Love start? First of all, that's not going to happen at all. Yeah. They're not going to bench Jordan Love this year. Let's just get that out of our mindset. Right. I, you know, I agree with you. LaFleur's back next year. Might be a little hot, depending on how. The, I totally agree with you. Joe Barry, I think, is still up in the air. Yeah. Um, I would even say, you know, could I see a change at offensive coordinator? Possibly. Possibly. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing, too. It's like I know LaFleur involves his offensive assistants in a lot of game planning. Like when Nathaniel Hackett was there, he was the guy that game planned all the red zone. That's why we heard gold zone, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's where I'd be curious to know, okay, is there anything with, like, some of the assistants where they come up with the game planning in the first half, whether it's Stenovich, who, you know, he's an offensive line coach that got promoted to an offensive coordinator. Is it, you know, somebody else that has a hand in, in develop? I don't know, but you kind of wonder with as young of a coach as Lafleur is and a very inexperienced play caller yet, too, would he benefit? Right. Did he benefit from having Nathaniel Hackett as yeah. a guy who called plays for a lot of years? And I think it's interesting, too. Like, the camera catches it once in a while, and you don't hear people talk about it. Basaccia is always right there by Lafleur, like, yep. given his thoughts or is, is like a soundboard, like, Rich is right there all the time. And I got to imagine that's by design, too. Yeah. That's why he got that new title as assistant head coach. Yep. And yep. be curious if we get down a couple years and things don't change. I think everybody's going to want Rich Passaccia as yeah. head coach yeah. at that point. Yeah. It, so. it'll be, I mean, it's going to be fascinating. But, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a couch coach, it's really easy for us to step back and say, all right, six weeks in, mm-hmm. we're two and four. We need Sean to come in, but I'm I'm sitting there saying, man, a lot of our uh, remember we remember watching Sean 
and preseason. And I think preseason is just a big ugh, man. Yep. Because you know you everybody was high on Valentin mm-hmm. because he had such an amazing and he got uh, picked on pre-season. yesterday. Yeah. Oh, he got picked on and he got owned mm-hmm. yesterday. But preseason, everybody's like, look at him. He's up on the line, man. It's t- you know it's tough to get off the line when he's uh, lined up across from you now. Yeah, they're, they're, any quarterback that's facing him is licking his chops. And I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like Sean Clifford reminded so many people of how he played in the preseason as Brett Favre. Correct. A gunslinger. Yeah. Oh, he threw a pick, but what did he do the next drive? He came back and he threw a touchdown yeah. pass. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And that's where I feel like people just instantly fell in love with Clifford. Yep. Because of that gunslinging mentality. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well. All right. Appreciate it, bud. What do we got next? We got Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, so. Yeah. Couch coach might Battle be in full flare next Monday. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm going to, if, yeah, I'm going to have to tune. Paul Allen is going to be unbearable. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's good to be on, man. You too, man. Appreciate it. A-Ron, a, till next time, we'll, we'll hopefully talk yep. about a win one of these days. Yep. So. Catch you next time. You got it. That's going to do it on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. Again, big thanks for tuning in. Big thanks to Justice and A.A.Ron for joining us in the Man Cave. And don't forget, and big thanks to you for listening, but don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Man Cave Podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, or review whatever you want. Just give us the five-star rating. And... Uh, Give us your thoughts on on whatever in in the reviews there. That way, other people can find the podcast. I don't know how it works. That's how technology works. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.